Once again, what's involved it is, it is so good to have you along with us. Today, tonight, this evening, we're talking about something uh, it's fairly close to my heart, um, and I'm talking metaphorically, not in a, in a physical sense. What am I going to be talking about? Well, we're going to be talking in a roundabout way. We're going to be talking about prostate cancer. But before we get there, let me introduce you to my guest. And uh, she is, let me see, did, do I get this? Did I get this right? You are the marketing director uh, at Hollard. It's Heidi Brower. Hello, Heidi. Hello, David. Yes, you got it right. More affectionately known as the brand mama, which I much prefer. Oh, the brand mama. I like that. I, I like that. Okay, so, you know, generally what we're going to get on to, and we're going to be talking uh, about the prostate cancer and the, the, the annual de uh, Hollard Daredevil run, but we're going to get into that in just a little bit because I love to find out about the people that I speak with and, you know, people who are doing great things in our country and you qualify on all fronts, Heidi. So tell me a little bit about, about Heidi. Are you sort of Joburg born and bred? Where did you come from and, and why marketing? Um, thanks. I'm pleased to have made the, this lovely honors list on a Friday morning. I am Joburg born and bred. Yes, jo Joburg born, bred, stayed, um, actually never lived anywhere else. I went to school here, I went to varsity here and have had my family here too. I, I didn't take a direct path to marketing at all. I mean, I, I, I know I look at, I put my camera on for David for a millisecond so he could see who he was talking to. But um, I'm not as young as I look and sound. So when I was at varsity, when I was studying and thinking what to study, I don't think marketing was really like a thing. Maybe, maybe you did an IMM after, after you did after, after, after what you did. But um, I actually have a BSc degree in nursing. So I... I have delivered babies and uh, done all sorts of interesting things. And I went on a path from uh, my nursing degree into pharmaceutical market research, into brand research, and then into looking after brands. So my journey was a, was a twisty one that landed me where I am now. Okay. It's an interesting journey by the sounds of things, but um, just in terms of, of, Hollard. I mean, you know, we, we see the Hollard Daredevil run. The color purple is a, is a big thing. Um, but how long have you been with Hollard? And, and you know, what, what is it that uh, fascinates you about the, the brand and, and the insurance world? So I've been with Hollard. Uh, next month, I will have been with Hollard for eight years. I always sound like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work it out. Well, it's eight years of marriage. And I dated for a year first because I consulted to Hollard before joining them full time, um, which is actually a nice way to do things, you know, a little dating before you marry. Um, yeah, get to know them. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And I came from Kalula and British Airways and the slow lounges, which is a completely different uh, uh, environment to insurance. And what attracted me really, I think, um, you know, I got uh, invited to, to do some uh, consulting work in one of the businesses um, and slowly, slowly got to know Hollard as an organization, as a brand, as a whole culture of its own and really did fall in love. I make it sound like a love story. It was a little bit of that because I said to the chairman right in the beginning, I didn't have a deep yearning to be in insurance or financial services, but I did have a, a, a real desire to work with this organization because of what makes them so special. You know, the, it's family. It was a family started by a family. It's still owned by that family. The family are still involved 
and it's a pretty special family who who um, cares about the markets that they work in, cares about the people that work, they work with and for them, pioneering, inventive, uh, challenging, uh, full of heart. And, you know, that's a, that's a context that is important for me. So it was a match for me in terms of that. And I had to just um, get myself an actuarial handbook and all is well. <laughs> she says, just get an actuarial handbook. But I think the most important thing, because Hollard is an incredibly well-known brand. Um, and in this market of ours, you know, in, in insurance generally, it, it's a grudge purchase and, and everybody's got uh, their, their horror stories and bad things to say. Hollard seems to be a little bit above that. And a prime example is this Hollard Daredevil run. When did that start and how did that come about? You know, it's so interesting, the idea of grudge purchase. Um, and then I, I'm going to move into respond more directly to your Daredevil um, question. Grudge purchase, honey, I think anytime anybody has to part with money, it's a grudge. When I was in the airline uh, industry, uh, that was a grudge purchase too. And you think buying an airline ticket to fly somewhere for something typically lovely. I mean, obviously, people fly for, for um, not good reasons too. But that was a grudge purchase. But financial services really is, especially insurance, because it's, you can't see it and smell it and taste it, and you only usually need it um, when something's gone wrong. So it really is a grudge. But we've we've positioned our our lens on the world to be um, sort sort your financial matters out, get yourself covered, and then live a good life. And that's really what Daredevil is about. It's about Get yourself tested. Know that you can uh, that you're you're in, in good health, or that you're not, so that you can do something about it and live a good life. And and if I put another layer of what we do on that, we we believe and take what you do seriously, but not yourself. And that's how we can do Daredevil. Now Daredevil was born um, actually in a in a in a sister company that's now um, been we we, we bought back um, into Hollard called Itana, and it started off as a as a dare literally, some guys in a bar and, you know, in the telling of the story, I confess I wasn't there. So, you know, when you tell a story, you tell it as it's been told to you and it's a broken telephone a bit. But legend has it, a bunch of guys were having a, a bunch of drinks and they dared one of the Oaks to run through peak hour traffic uh, in nothing but a speedo and they would donate money uh, to uh, a charity. And from that, uh, Daredevil was born. Um, and it started small in Etana. The guys used to run in red speedos and slowly, slowly it grew and it grew. And at uh, some point, about must be eight, seven, eight years ago, uh, we brought Etana back into Hollard. Everybody said, you certainly can't change a red uh, speedo thing to a purple, but we did. And so 11 years later, we're still running we're still raising awareness for male cancers by taking what we do seriously, not ourselves, because it is a bit of a crazy afternoon. And we're, we're helping men become aware of and talk about something that they typically wouldn't. Which I think is wonderful, because that is one of the points I was going to raise. You know, it's, it's become acceptable. It's become the norm for women to talk about cancer, to talk about breast cancer, but you hardly ever hear um, stories of, of men talking about cancer and, and particularly something like prostate cancer. You know, that, that takes, excuse the pun, but that takes balls. So, yeah. you know, we, we've got to, we've got to take, take our hats off to, to the fact that you guys are doing this. But 
how how much planning goes into the daredevil run because it happens across the country if i'm not incorrect so so we've uh, we've uh, have over a few years run it across the country which was quite unique but we found that actually we were we were we tried to raise money from it right so so the less it costs us the more we can direct to the cancer charities and we support cancer association and the prostate cancer foundation and so the more the, the the runs cost us the less we can direct to them so in fact in the last couple of years we've changed it and we're running only in joburg so that we can uh, channel more of the the money to to the good causes much to the consternation of the guys in all of the other cities but we do have some ideas um, COVID has made us think a little bit um, inventively again. We have some ideas, but it's a it's a it's a labor of love, a real love, um, with um, incredible participants and partners like Cancer and PCF um, and others who just want to be part of it. And and as you say, we do it because it is a spectacle to see. 4,000, 5,000 men and boys of all shapes and sizes and ages and abilities, because we've got guys doing it who are differently abled, who are in wheelchairs and so on. Dads pushing kids in prams, all sorts. Running through peak hour traffic in a purple speedo. And it literally stops the traffic and people take pictures and they share and they, and they say, what is this? And then they can say, oh, that's what it's about. Because as you say, the women's cancers have been talked about. There have been breast cancer teas and tea parties since forever. And women are getting better at even talking about going for pap smears. But what mom knows to teach her son to check his nuts? They don't. I know. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, so, so this is important. Yeah, and you know, can I just, as a, as a, as a sort of short anecdote here, this is something that had never, ever occurred to me. I knew it existed, but it never occurred to me until one day a very good friend of mine came back and he was absolutely pale, ashen-faced, and he said to me, I have testicular cancer. And, you know, when something like that strikes close to home, it suddenly makes everything more real. And I went, oh, dear, how did you notice? And then he went into the, the whole story and everything. But suddenly... You know, you, you, you become aware of one person and suddenly because your attention is there, you become aware of more and more people that have gone through this battle or are going through this battle, but they just don't talk about it. And I think the idea of running cancer out of town is, is absolutely brilliant. I know I've been challenged to do it before, but I am way too much of a wuss because you know, traditionally you do it when it's a little chilly uh, and, uh, <sighs> you know. Hmm. Anyway, and, and uh, this, despite that, the fact of a five kilometer, which is also to me a contradiction in terms, a five kilometer fun run, you know, five kilometers fun and run. No, no, no. I have to, I have to allay some fears. First of all, we try to do it when it's not so cold because, because, um, because it's much nicer to run when it's not cold. So usually we do it around March. This year we're going to try and do it in September. Um, all things um, going well with um, Corona. First of all, second of all, let me tell you that for sure you will not be the hottest, and for sure you will not be the notest because I swear every single shape and size. Okay, every shape and size. And the third thing I must tell you is that this five Ks has a halfway stop. We run you up to Hollard and there's a beer stop um, whilst we gather everybody so we can close the highway so you can run back 
across and back down to uh, um, the, the finish. It's not a race. And who ever heard of stopping after two and a half Ks for a beer? So it's so cool, really. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Uh, we are talking to my special guest from Hollard, Heidi Brower. We'll be back in just a bit. This is What's Involved. And we're back with my special guest, Heidi. Heidi, I'll get it right. Heidi Brower. Yeah. Is, is that the traditional sort of German, German version, Heidi? So, look, uh, my parents aren't with me anymore, so I can't really ask them why I ended up with, with Heidi. But I'm a Jewish girl. I was a Greenberg. So whilst my surname sounds German and one would want to say Heidi, I'm a Heidi. I've always been a Heidi. I don't know why. Um, I, just, I just am. But if it will help you, you have to think Heidi like lady, not Heidi like untidy. <laughs> I've got it. I'll keep Heidi in my brain now, and uh, I'll no doubt at some stage get into trouble by calling somebody a Heidi that should be a Heidi. But more importantly, we're talking about running cans out of town. You say that you're thinking about uh, about doing the run now in September, uh, which which is nice. Spring run, put a bit of a spring in your step. The whole idea, though to my mind, of the of this daredevil run, Heidi, is that it's a fun way of, of bringing to the fore something that is very, very serious. So how long does each one take you to plan? I mean, do you finish one and start planning the next already? Um, we, we, we give ourselves a little bit of a break, but we pretty much have to start figuring out the next one um, quite soon after. This one has kept us busy. Our last Daredevil run was literally the week before lockdown and up until the night before we were debating whether or not to, to have it. Um, I think had it not been something that was for fundraising and for good and for health, we would probably not have done it. But um, really, the, the, we were, everything was on our side and, and everyone was well and um, thankfully all, all was good. But we've had to change our tech. This one is, has literally taken, is going to have taken more than a year to plan because we keep having to change every time um, something with COVID changes. Um, because to all intents and purposes, we're outside, we could have a few hundred people, but we just won't and we can't. We can't, um, we, you know, we typically have cancer sufferers running or survivors and immunocompromised people and we just can't compromise anybody so this year has been tough because we keep changing uh, can we do it this way can we do it that way can we make it virtual can we make it real but part of the the hub, the thing about daredevil run is the camaraderie is um and you'll see that david when you run uh, with us in september and we all look in each other's eyes by the way okay we don't look down <laughs> um, You'll see what happens. The oaks arrive and they slowly, you know, they, they disrobe and it's a little orkies. And suddenly they see their chinas because people usually come and they run. It's a Friday afternoon. So it's a good excuse to bring work colleagues and workmates. It's real chest building stuff. Once you've done that together, really. And then people just get into it and the vibe is unbelievable. And what the most incredible thing is that happens at the end is uh, we have to, first of all, keep reminding people it's a, a run, not a race, but somebody always wants to win it. You know, the testosterone is, is big <laughs> there. Um, but when you get to the end, there's uh, normally beers and uh, something to eat. And you'd think that the Oaks would be very, very quick to want to put their clothes on, but they are not. They stand around and have their beer or their Coke or whatever it is in their Speedos. Why? Because it's about camaraderie. It's about that togetherness. And that's really the spirit of Daredevil. And that's why 
doing it virtually is too difficult. It doesn't, it won't achieve what we need it to achieve because we want men to, to reflect back on that thing, to talk and encourage people because now they're talking about their nuts. Now they're talking about their, their parts, their men bits that need to be, to be checked. And then we're achieving what we need to achieve, you know. So, yeah, it takes some love and it takes some planning, but we do it with, with joy and um, with great pleasure because it's really, really special. And, you know, over the years that we've done it, we've done over 20,000 um, prostate-specific um, antigen um, blood tests because we do that for the over 40s. And we've detected hundreds of abnormalities through that, potentially saving um, hundreds of lives and uh, changing families and, and so on. So it's meaningful for us. Yeah, absolutely. So now what I wanted to know is, is for people who, who maybe have been living under a rock, for example, over the last couple of years, they don't know about the Daredevil Run, or they're listening to us talking, going, hey, maybe we can, we can look at doing that. What is the, is the process? I mean, how do you actually raise the, front, the funds? Is there an entry fee or, or how does it work? Yeah, so there is an entry fee. The entry fee uh, goes to buying your Speedo, which, you know, um, uh, um, you can choose to run in last year's Speedo. I think the last year was I 11th, the year before. I can't keep track. It feels like Corona's taken away all time. Um, sometimes we have like a, a, um, a special feature Speedo, like when it was our 10th anniversary or, or whatever. Um, but, um, you know, if you knew you need a new Speedo, um, we, we pay for all of the, the costs um, ourselves other than that. And then um, actually the, the base part of the entry fee goes to um, our cancer charities. So um, we take all the costs ourselves and your entry fee with or without your speedo, depending on if you need one, um, goes to the, the cancer charities. So some guys who don't have the, sorry, we're going to do this, the balls to run, will <laughs> sometimes just make a pay for the entry and then at least that money goes to the cancer charities because what that enables them to do is um, Cancer Association, for example, has a thing called the Man Van. It's a beautifully hollowed purple uh, painted little um, unit, mobile unit that goes to um, areas where there's less access to healthcare and they do testing and education in those areas. So the money goes really, is very, very well used and well spent by cancer and PCF. Okay, so so if, if you're an absolute wuss like me and has, you know, it's got nothing to do with, with walking around in a speedo, uh, you can still enter, you can still contribute, which I think is is brilliant. And the reason I was smiling to myself while you're talking about this is, you know, I can just see men on the entry form when it comes to size of speedo. Everybody's oh. looking at puffing their chest up and going, well, it's extra large, of course. Uh, well, so well, that could be quite interesting. <laughs> We, we as like I said, we work hard, but we get a lot of uh, fun and pleasure out of it. One of the best uh, two days of the year is when the guys come to collect their race uh, packs from from Hollard, um, and and we ask them what size speedo they would like, and they never sure whether to go uh, size up, size down, because they want to be slim and trim, but they also want to. <laughs> and and then we have to go, my dear, it's the size of your hips, not the size of your. Of your <laughs> no. Anyway. Oh my goodness. Yeah, because the last thing you'd want to do is stand out. Hey. Anyway, listen, bad puns aside, let's let's wow. move on. So, so <laughs> do you encourage then with, with this and on the day uh, any form of prostate testing? Because I know in the old days it was uh, to me the, the first time one was ever done on me. Um, 
I was I was kind of somewhat taken aback. And that was by hearing the snap of a rubber glove. But these days, blood test is, is the easier way. Am I, am I correct? Now, do you encourage people to do this before the race? So, so what happens actually is that we, on the day that you come and collect your race um, kit, um, the Cancer Association is there with their nursing sisters. And they will do, if you're over 40, they will do a blood test for you then and there. And on the day of the race, they also have a, a mobile unit there who will do blood testing. So we absolutely do encourage it. Um, so that's for the over 40s. And then for the for the, the younger men, we uh, have these, um, what do I call them? A model uh, uh, of testicles. With a human analog. Lumps. How's that? Yeah. yeah. With, uh, with, uh, with, with hidden um, lumps in them. And so we pass those around and let the guys feel what it would feel like if you felt a lump in your nuts so that you actually can start to learn how to check yourself in the shower regularly um, because early detection saves lives. And, you know, we want to destigmatize this. You know what, that's actually, it's funny, okay? Uh, you know, on the, on the face of it, it's funny, but that actually makes so much sense because... How do you know unless you've been shown an example? So uh, hats off to you guys. I mean, that's that's absolutely fantastic. I want to wrap up uh, with this conversation when we come back. Uh, my special guest from Hollard, Heidi Brower, and uh, we're talking all about the daredevil run, going purple and uh, running cancer out of town. Back in just a bit. And we're back with Heidi from uh, Hollard, my special guest. So... We're planning now that this is going to happen in September, but this is all dependent, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we'll never put anybody's uh, uh, lives at risk. And so we've got all sorts of schemes and plans on how to do it, how to do some version of Daredevil safely, because, you know, it's not just a, a, a fun run or a race to get a medal This is about um, health awareness and raising funds to encourage uh, more health awareness. So there's a response. We've, you know, we've got a big responsibility. Nobody else is doing this stuff to the degree that we do it with uh, cancer and PCF. So um, we'll 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 find a way. We've got ways. Ways. We've got plans. Alrighty. Now, obviously, we need to watch the media and and be able to sort of see when this is happening, when we know more about. Because yeah, this whole living in limbo thing is is it's getting a bit thin, I think, for everybody now. But uh, we know that we have to do it, and particularly, as you said, for those people who are immunocompromised. When will we know more, uh, roughly? I'm, I'm asking you to stick your neck out a bit, yeah, I know. Yeah, I think that, that we've, we've agreed that we need to wait till after this uh, Easter period and this anticipated, hopefully, mild surge that's likely um, and then and watch to see when the vaccinations start to move along, and then we'll be in a better position to uh, to to um, announce dates and so on. It was important for us now in this uh, March-April period to tell people that we weren't doing it now, but to also remind people to check themselves. And, you know, I think um, you're hearing quite a lot now in the media of um, medical people saying one of the biggest risks with COVID is that people have avoided their regular checkups for their blood pressure, for their HIV, for their... Um, any of their chronic conditions and, and preventative care, uh, you know, breast care and um, those kinds of things. 
So it was important for us not only just to tell our um, previous runners and, and, and would-be runners that we're moving it out, but also to remind men and boys to check themselves, to not forget to look after their, the health of their bits. Uh, and that's why this is important um, for, for us now. Um, just that that stuff is still in, in the top of people's minds, that they don't, they don't forget to look after themselves. Wonderful stuff. Well, absolutely. And you've said it, you know, early detection is the best thing. So diarize it, okay? September, that's when we're hoping to have the next daredevil run. But until then, check your testicles, guys, okay? Uh, ladies, urge brothers, boyfriends, sons, husbands, partners, man up, okay? And go out and get a test. Uh, where do we go if we want to find out some more information, Heidi? So um, I think if, if you need more info on um, uh, the cancers, I, I, I would encourage you to have a look at the Cancer Association website, Prostate Cancer Foundation website. We'll, our social channels will be um, publishing stuff, but for, for, the, for the medical stuff, have a look there. And really just remember that the survival rate in men um, whose prostate cancer is picked up early is 95%. This is very, very treatable. That's why it's so important to just check and be aware because it really can change your life. Absolutely. Heidi, before I let you go, I normally, I normally ask my guests um, either for some advice or I ask them what is next. And I think I'm going to go for the what is next. What else has Hollard got up their sleeves? Have you got anything exciting and interesting that you can give us some clues about? Because I'm always fascinated to see how you guys manage to stay as top of mind as you do. Ah, oh, thank you. That comes from lots of love and, and, and laboring that love. Um, David, so, so we have just launched something extremely special called Big Ads for Small Business. It launched about a month ago, six weeks ago, where we've given all of our ad space um, in all of our media platforms to a dozen small businesses, from Coney Wines to Thesis Lifestyle, um, 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 Thras Education, uh, they're 12 businesses, um, Ground One Coffee, and you'll see our billboards, TV ads, radio, it's, it's topped and tailed with a bit of hollard, but we've given it all away because in this economy, really the small businesses need, uh, need the support now more than ever. And we'll soon be doing a, a, a little um, um, boost first to encourage other businesses actually to copy us, which is an, an thing unheard of, really. Who asks somebody to copy their ad campaign? But we really want to encourage um, other businesses to do the same thing, give away a little of your space and help other and small businesses who really need it most, um, more than ever, uh, for their businesses to be promoted. So that's big ads for small business, which is running um, now at the moment for the next six months. And if you drive past the, the side of uh, Joburg on the double-decker highway, you'll see we've just put up a huge, enormous, um, beautiful piece of art on, a, on an enormous building just um, down by the Diamond um, Centre. That's a gorgeous piece of art by Ye Abe. So we just want to paint Josie's city purple and give people a smile. And the next thing is being cooked as we as we speak. Can't tell you yet. Wonderful stuff. Well, watch this space, watch the social media uh, and whatever you do, guys, go get tested, get checked out. And uh, hopefully we'll see you at the Daredevil Run. And uh, we say to you, Heidi Brower, 
thank you so very, very much to you and the team. Uh, you guys have done some wonderful stuff. I know the amount of passion that goes into something like this. So uh, thank you. And thank you for keeping on because it would have been so easy during these times just to say, whoops, can't do it. Sorry. But uh, as I said, great company. And it, it clearly sounds like a great company to work with as well. So there we go. That was my special guest, Heidi Brower. Uh, for me, all I got to say is thank you so much for listening. Uh, take care. Look after yourselves.